Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. So because of popular demand and a lot of questions, I've brought Steph back on the show. A lot of you have been asking me, how did you all meet? What's your story? What's going on? How did you call each other in? And so that's what we dive into in this episode. And we didn't even realize an hour in that we had been recording for a full hour. So some of the things that we said we were going to talk about, we didn't get to all the way in this episode, but we'll come back and do more. And if you have certain topics you want us to cover together, just send a note to assist at com or hit me up on Instagram. Instagram is my most favorite social media platform. That's where I am the most. And if you want to connect with me, that's the best place to do it. Also, would love for you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash Christine Hassler. When we get 10,000 subscribers, we get access to a really cool YouTube studio so I can do more content for y'all. And my YouTube channel is also where you can watch podcast episodes. You can watch me coaching people. All right. And before we dive into this episode, I want to thank my sponsor, which is FreshBooks. Track your hours, format the estimate, work out taxes, capture your expenses, chase that light payment, prepare the invoice, submit the proposal. Welcome to the worst part of being a freelancer, otherwise known as paperwork. The good news is that our friends at FreshBooks have created ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers that turns tackling these time-sucking, never-ending tasks into no big thing. Send a polished invoice in 30 seconds. Set yourself up to get paid online in two clicks and manage your expenses by taking pictures of receipts from your phone. Oh, and if you need to whip up a quick big proposal to land the gig, FreshBooks has got you covered. Now you can include an outline of your project, scope of work, and a timeline as part of your estimate. No more switching software, no more fussing over style and formatting, and most importantly, no more wasting your precious time. To find out all the ways FreshBooks will transform how you deal with your paperwork, go to freshbooks.com slash Christine and enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. Okay. And we'll get the episode going in just a moment. And like I said, this is a lot of our story. So I hope you find it interesting. We do weave in some teachable moments here. And most of all, you know, we were setting an intention before we started recording. And one of the intentions that we set that we both really, really felt was that we really wanted this episode to offer people hope whether you're just getting over a heartache, whether you've been single and had your heart open for a while, or whether you're in a relationship where you don't feel really met and you're thinking about shifting it, or you're in a relationship that feels a little stale and you want to bring some life and juice back into it. We just hope that this gives you hope. We both, both Steph and I have been in a lot of dark places and gone through a lot of heartache and had a lot of moments for me years <laughs> of wondering, you know, where is he, where is she? <clears throat> and when you do meet that person, and I think everyone we have a relationship with is the one, everything makes sense. So hope, that's what we're really giving you in this episode, hope and hopefully some tools and just a lot of love. And I'll be back at the end of the episode with a couple more announcements. So welcome back to the show, my love. Thank you. So far, you were my most popular episode. So you've got to top yourself. That's that's the aim. <laughs> 
So what are we doing? Actually, gonna... no, we shouldn't say that. Why shouldn't we say Top that? Yourself, because in Australia, that means something different. Oh, really? Yeah. Something It dirty? means suicide. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Top yourself means yeah. that? Yeah, it's funny, oh, this it's is, a oh we're culture. off to a great start. We're off to a great start. Okay. So shifting gears, mm-hmm. a lot of my listeners, I love my listeners. I love my tribe. You've met some of them. Yes. A couple events. Beautiful people. Beautiful, amazing people. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And they have been very happy that I found the love of my life, finally. I'm very happy that you found the love of your love as well. (laughs) (laughs) And I've gotten a lot of questions about Mm. how did we meet and who are you and are we going to work together and all kinds of things. And we did the last episode that was, like I mentioned, my most popular Mm. Coach's Corner yet. But we talked mostly about the journey men go through in your work and we didn't talk too much about us. So today we're going to talk about us and how we met and conscious courting, which was a term that you brought up when we mm. were when we were dating over WhatsApp, which we'll get to in a moment. Yeah. And we're also going to talk a little bit about some of the myths we want to bust when it comes to dating and relationship, mm. communication, and we'll see what else we dive into. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with our story. You definitely have to go first. Why? Because you're better at telling the story. We've you established this. But in our very first conversation, we yeah. actually talked through WhatsApp. Yes. You you told me lots of stories and you gave I me did. that hypothetical scenario that was a very – so you're a very good storyteller. But I will start. <laughs> I will start. But chime in anytime. I will. Okay. So those of you who've listened for a while know that in December, I had to leave my place in Encinitas. That was my dream place. And it was, I was very upset by that. And I really couldn't, I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that the universe must be up to something because why in the world would I have to leave my home? And I looked for another place for a while. It just didn't feel right. And I kept feeling this pull back to Australia. So I decided I just to put my stuff in storage and go to Australia for a month. I thought I was going to come back and find a place. But every time I checked in with my intuition, it would say, nope, 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 nope. Now, one thing I don't know if I've shared on the show is when I moved into my place in Encinitas from LA, I made a promise to myself that it would be the last place I moved into as a single woman, the last place I moved into alone. I really wanted to call in my partner. I wanted my next home to be with a man. I wanted it to be, and to be with not just any man, but the man I intended to spend the rest of my life with. And so When I had to leave my place in Encinitas, I felt like it would be a betrayal to myself to rent another place alone. It just didn't feel right. And it also felt like I had this opportunity to learn what home really felt like inside of me and not look at any external source and to surrender, to really let go of control. Because that was one of the things as a woman who really wanted a masculine man that I was practicing is letting go of control and surrender and really trusting that the universe had my back, trusting that the next step would be revealed. So as hard as it was to keep everything in storage, I stayed true to that. Went back to Australia for a month, fractured my foot, was in crap Airbnb, like just my external life was not looking like I wanted it to look. So one night my friend Renee and Akira said, Hey, why don't you come over to our house and take a look? Cause we're moving out in the summer and maybe you could take our place. So I brought them dinner. I came over and before we start looking around at the place, Akira was working on a project. He's part of a startup called High Vibe and he needed some photos for the website. 
and he needed a person modeling looking at the screen. So basically he needed someone sitting at a computer and he needed to take a picture of the back of my head and shoulder. So he said, can you be my shoulder model? So I said, sure, of course, I love modeling, especially shoulders. And I sat down at the computer and I'm looking at the screen and it was everybody on the high vibe team. It was a picture of, I don't know, probably there are eight people on the screen. At that that time, time, it would have been eight or 10 people. Eight or 10 people, right. And mostly men, two or women, maybe two women. And your picture was one of them. And literally he jumped off the screen at me and I thought I knew him. And I said to Renee and Akira, my friends, I said, who is that man? I know him. And they were like, I don't think you do. He lives in Australia. And I'm like, wait, I have this massive pool to Australia. I was just in Australia. Maybe I met him there. They said your name. Plus you lived in Perth, which wasn't the area of Australia I'm in. I was in Sydney, you guys. And and Sydney's like New York. Perth's like Australia in terms of geographical distance. Like LA, you mean? What did I say? Australia. Oh, yes. I'm so <laughs> glad you're listening to me. Yes, like yeah. that in New York and LA. And what we concluded that I didn't know you. Just like the universe and I were listening to you when you were asking. Exactly. You were here. We were conspiring. You were conspiring for my highest good. Yeah. Yes. So I didn't know you, even though my soul did. Okay, you, you take over from now because I've, <laughs> I've been going on and on. So <clears throat> Renee was um, pro Steph. <laughs> she was yeah. pro me and she put us in contact. Renee put us in contact, which was really lovely and just an email introduction. But what you also didn't mention was that you, because Renee was curious, she didn't know whether I was single or not and what my relationship status was or how I identified at that point. And Christine said, I don't just want a single man. Mm-hmm. Oh, what did you, you were there, you tell me. Well, I had been dating and... I was dating men who were quote unquote single, but weren't really ready for a committed relationship with a emotionally available, well-adjusted woman. Hmm. (laughs) Um, And so I I was getting, I, I was frustrated with that. And I really wanted a man who had done his work and was ready for a committed, serious relationship. Hmm. And you found me. Yes, but go back to what we're, <laughs> okay, Renee okay, said. Okay, I'm going back. <laughs> okay, so uh, Renee checked in with me and she left me a beautiful voice note. It was, some of it was business-related with network, and um, most of it was really about Christine, which was really beautiful. And I said, of course, I'm, I'm very open to meeting amazing people, especially beautiful women, as <laughs> Renee had described Christine exquisitely. And at that point it was really quite, really quite interesting because uh, – I can't remember precisely, it would have been a few days or a week or so before that. I was just sitting in some silent space and just my daily meditation and silent practice and with clarity came to me that I was ready to really open my heart to to a woman to enter my life that would be with me for mm-hmm. a, a very long time, the love of my life, my for a beloved to enter my life very clearly. And I was very clear on that in terms of how my body responded to that that meditation and that thought and that feeling. And that was interesting. I, and, and at the time, of course, when Renee messaged me, I didn't think too much of it, I, but I acted immediately because I it's a, it's a purposeful practice for me as a man to – if I'm open to or to a suggestion, or if I'm open to 
meeting someone or if I'm open to anything, I want to act on it. Mm. So I, I think I emailed you. She emailed, I think it was immediate, almost immediate. Yeah, she emailed us an introduction. And I, mm. I really let it go, right? So I was not attached. I thought you were, I thought you were super hot. But I, I was I was also one, and I think I said it's on our last interview, I was concerned maybe you were one of those like deep spiritual dudes who like wasn't super masculine. So that was one of my concerns. Is it a concern not, of yours now? No, <laughs> not that deep spiritual, I have nothing against deep spiritual dudes. However, I've been in this space for a while. I've lived in Encinitas for a while. And there are a lot of men who, there are a lot of men who are very deep in their spiritual work. But from from my preferences, aren't expressed enough in their masculinity. Maybe yeah, or maybe they're not open enough to be in in a relationship with a woman because their focus is so much on them in a particular yes. way. Yes, maybe yeah. they're yeah, they're going through something yeah. where they're showing up in a relationship isn't isn't for their highest good at the time. Anyway, so I had that that concern, not a concern, but just I just wasn't Before. attached. Yeah, and plus you lived in Australia, and I just gotten back from Australia, and I was like, it's how a realistic? Far away. It was so it's far not, away down the road, and I wasn't really wanting a long distance relationship. So that's a no. Yes, it's a no. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> but the other thing that was great about my conversation with Renee and Akira that night is I mm. had this trip to Europe planned. Mm, this is interesting. Yes, this is where it's even more interesting, and I knew I was going to. Greece on a coupled trip by myself. And then I was going to London to teach a workshop. What was your intention for the couples trip? Well, when I booked the couples trip, yeah. so my, my friends, Chris and Lori Harder, I was at their house months ago and they always talk about this trip to Greece that they take. And when I booked it, I think I booked it in like February or March. I thought I'll have somebody by then, but then it was May and crickets. So I really thought I was going alone. And I had this middle week in Europe where I didn't have anything. And my conversation with Renee and Kira went to Estonia. We're going to be in Estonia. We're going to be at Mind Valley U. Why don't you come speak there? We we WhatsApp Vision, who runs Mind Valley. He says yes. We get me a speaking slot. It just all flowed. So I was going to Estonia. So when Renee messaged me and said, Hey, I checked in with Steph. He's open to an introduction and PS he's going to be in Estonia when you're there. That made me even more inclined to start to get to know you because I knew in two months we had an opportunity to meet each other mm. and that was kind of done. Yeah, and that was interesting because so what initially got me into Estonia was Mind Valley University, which I had actually booked that ticket in October of 2017 mm. when I was in Jamaica with Mind Valley, uh, with AFEST. And I wanted that because I wanted to be in Europe in the summer. And it was a good excuse, a good reason, a good leverage point. At that time, network hadn't conversations with the CEO and founder, a good friend of mine, uh, Faze, at that point. And we were discussing high vibe and we were discussing the opportunity in the marketplace and so forth. And it was a very exciting time. And it wasn't until probably a couple of months later that he said, look, you're going to be in Estonia. Mind Valley is going to be there. Estonia is one of those places that we're going to set up our, our legal entity there anyway. It's either going to be there or another, a few other countries of choice. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just do it there? And I said, yeah, let's do it there. Mm. So it all made sense and all really it just fitted quite well. But you had something about Estonia too, a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, of course. So even late last year and, and early this year, uh, I I was I was expressing to a couple of close friends and even Faze as well. I remember having that conversation with Faze and and saying I've just got a feeling about Estonia. I feel it's going to be very good for the business, but I've got a feeling at a, at an interpersonal level. I, I'm not sure if it's 
going to be meeting someone. I'm not not attached to anything, but it's just a it's just a thought and a feeling that frequently comes into my mind. The newest journey was connected heart. to something. Yeah, it was connected to something. It was there was more than just me being there for Mind Valley and, yeah. and High Vibe for work related yeah. endeavors. Yeah. Yeah. See these feelings, you guys, these these feelings we have that drop in that seem random, they're not. And that's how intuition works. And this was so my practice. Well, it's been my practice for years, but especially in having so much uncertainty with where I'm living because, you know, I travel a lot, but not having a home base and not having my things, like that's the first time in my life I've ever done that. And I did it for eight months. Well, luckily the last two were with you, (laughs) but it was unsettling in a lot of ways, but in a good way, because it broke up a lot of cobwebs that needed to be broken up, you know, because I think in my single life, I was never really one for going out to bars and, you know, I I was out in the world a lot, but I spent a lot of time at home. You know, I, most of my work is sitting behind a computer on the phone, on the microphone and yeah, I go speak and travel. But even when I do that, I'm with people for an hour, then I'm back in my hotel room or whatever. So there was very much like a homebody thing that I was in. So it was really good for me to, to break out of that. And anyway, I digress, but I just wanted to put that little tidbit in, in terms of the the intuition and paying attention to those nudges and allowing yourself to be uncomfortable because we off, we don't find the things that bring us the most joy and change our life the most in our comfort zone. Mm. Like that's not where we find them. We don't find them in, in just following like a five-step process. We, we find and discover the best things when we completely let go of control because then the universe can do its job. Right? The universe is always, I think, conspiring for our good. But if we're too much in control and white knuckling the steering wheel of life too much, then how does the universe drop in magical mm. things? Mm. Yeah. So where do you think you let go of a lot of control and allowed this to happen? Like where did you allow our meeting to happen? What did you have to let go of control of? Uh, to let go. Or, or was it not letting go of control? Was it something different for you? It potentially wasn't letting go was allowing in, it was creating space. Mm-hmm. So it was to some degree letting go of, of control as well, wanting to control the specifics of an outcome and really just being open, being really, really open to life and being open to every moment, whether I'm getting in my car and going down to the grocery store, whether I'm getting my car to go and train or whether I'm in front of my computer, whether I'm with a client, just being really open to every every opportunity that that existed and that could exist in, in that infinite realm of potential. And for me it was being mindful of that, like being consciously aware of that and being attentive to what's possible in this moment. And you had to get super clear too. I think that's a big thing for a man. You had to be clear, clear. you wanted a relationship. Very clear. And, and a deep knowing Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to explain intellectually. It was, it was, it was an integrated knowing. And for me, that is intuition, where yeah. the mind, where the emotional self, where the spiritual self, the physical self, really come into alignment. And for me, I felt that, and I knew that mm-hmm. that okay, I'm ready now, and now I'm leaving it now. Yeah. And I've set my intention. I have clarity on that, and I'm not wavering. No, you I'm didn't not wavering. Go, like, no, on no, Tinder no. The next day, no, I've start, yeah. never been on Tinder. But no, no. So, so, no. It was, it was completely clear on that and also clear that I would not compromise. Mm-hmm. I would not. And it's not about, and we'll get to this a little bit later, yeah. it's not about perfection in or having these high standards that cannot be met. It's Are not about saying that. I'm not perfect? <laughs> <laughs> perfectly imperfect, imperfectly perfect you are, yeah. No one's perfect. I would not want to be perfect. That's boring. But 
having having a, a clarity and an openness to what that may look like and being less rigid as well. For me it was it was mm. if I were to let go of something, it was it was for me as a man is letting go of that rigidity of everything has to be a particular way. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna bookmark that. Sure. Because we're gonna come back to what we both had to do yeah. to call each other in mm. or chose to do. Mm. Let's complete the story. Yeah. I hope people are interested in that part. It, we, we find it interesting. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's us. So. It's quite serendipitous as it well. It is. But, it is. So we'll, yeah. we'll speed it up a bit. So we get introduced. Renee introduces yeah. us. And Steph, he led, which I loved. So he responded first because, again, I was unattached. And I also was, quite honestly, a little frustrated with men not showing up and not leading and me having to reach out first. So I love the fact that you emailed first and then you followed it with a voice memo because you're like, you wanted me to hear your voice and you didn't have my phone number. And I know mm. if you had my phone number, you would have called me. Mm. So and then we moved it to WhatsApp and started texting a lot. And then you came up with the lovely idea of five questions a day so we started that ritual pretty much straight away. I'm yeah. totally talking Australian. Yeah. <laughs> straight immediately, away. Immediately. <laughs> yeah. We started that immediately. So what we did is one of us would write five questions. So you would write five questions. I'd respond to those five questions. Yes. And then you'd respond to your own questions. Correct. And, and then, then the next turn. day, yeah, the next yeah. day I'd write five. And and our questions were pretty they were they were deep and they were also silly and light. We we covered a lot of ground in that. A lot of ground. I want to make note of something as well. Why I was responsive to Christine because, or to that introduction, and then a voice note on a voice note on Facebook, and also just something to be mindful of. For me, I, I chose very purposefully not to, for lack of a better term, stalk Christine and have a look at her profile and what she's about. I wanted to really get to know Christine through Christine, not through another filter, not that there's anything wrong with that or the filter is wrong or it's it's a, it's a misconception of who she really is. I just wanted to hear, I wanted to hear it from you. I wanted to experience you in that way and I was very purposeful in that as well. And I'm glad that I reached out uh, the yeah. way I did. <laughs> Me too. Glad is an understatement. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you were receptive as well. Because that, that's, an, that's another thing. Some people are not receptive. They're either they don't prioritize it or they don't have clarity or they're too busy or right. whatever it may be. Or it doesn't look the way they would think. Correct. You know, I, I did have to let go of you were in Australia, you know, mm. and I couldn't physically meet you for two months. Mm, likewise. And I had the thought of do I really want to be, quote, unquote, wasting time getting to know someone I haven't physically met. Mm. So, you know, there there was a lot, and I had just ended a kind of sort of relationship with somebody, and I was a little not heartbroken, but discouraged, frustrated. I guess would be the right word. So I had to let all that go because I think that that's an unfair thing to do when someone new comes in is to bring past experiences with us and project that on someone else. So I really chose to look at you as, nope, this is a new person. This is a new person. I'm not projecting any other experience I've had with any other person onto him, and I'm going to be completely open. And that was, you were really clear and I think I was really, and you were open too, but I was, I was really open, but unattached, I guess I would say. So, okay. Where's our story now? Well, we're communicating now. We're yeah. communicating extensively, video, audio. Well, <laughs> well, it was so funny because we were doing text for a while and then you, you asked for a combo, like a chat. Mm. And so I'm driving home from like one of my healers. Right. And I had 
been I had a really intense session and it's it's Heike and Jonathan they're going to be on the show um in October and November you guys so more about them later but I had this powerful session I'd done a lot of crying like my hair was a mess no makeup and he's like oh do you want to hop on a video chat no I do not want to hop on a video chat how about audio maybe I made some excuse like I'm driving or something like that or maybe oh, I told you, you you just told me oh yeah, yeah I remember I, think I was just yeah. straight up honest yeah so yeah. we just had an audio chat yeah for like an hour and a half or something yeah and it was what beautiful was, what was that like for you it was easy yeah it was easy and it was refreshing and it wasn't it wasn't difficult. Mm-hmm. It wasn't awkward. It just felt very organic. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, a- that was a that made a that laid a, a massive foundation for our communication, I feel. Mm. And and I was also mindful that you just finished a healing session, but you were also willing to talk. And the fact that we spoke for a decent amount of time and yeah. it was beautiful flow in the conversation was something that I admired and I honored within you and, and, and really paid attention to as well. And our questions, you know, I was just thinking when we were talking, we should go back through some of those questions. Those Mm. would be good questions to like make public for people in terms of getting to know you questions. Definitely. There, we really came up with some good ones. And in that there was such honesty and here's the blessing of not having a physical relationship, like not being able to see each other is we had to get to know each other through just our words and our writing and our questions because we didn't have mm. the physical. So it was super clear, right? There really mm. weren't was no hormones involved. I mean, sure, to an extent, but we didn't get lost in that. No, not at all. And that was that was a beautiful getting to know you process or getting to know each other process as well. And those questions were I mean, I love the questions you were asking. I, I really enjoyed the questions I was asking you and, and listening to that response as well. Some of those questions were tough. I mean, I pulled some of those questions from my own courses as well and relationships. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that Can I get. Do you remember any of them off the oh. top of your head? I mean, I know I asked you things like, what was your relationship with your mother growing up as a child, as a teenager, and as an adult? Same with your father. Have you ever cheated? What do you think of open relationships? What's your? St-? I mean, I asked you anything I wanted to ask you, I asked you. Yeah, likewise as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I remember asking you about some of your greatest moments in relationships, some of your greatest pain points in relationship, mm-hmm. and what you did to and what you had to embody in order to move through them and what did you learn mm-hmm. and how did you grow that was really what was important for me was what were some of the pains and challenges and joys that you've experienced in life and how have you benefited from them yeah. what did you do what how did you show up to that and yeah. and to really speak fully and honestly to that was was beautiful and also identifying some of the key relationships in your life was important to me this is obviously relationship related mm-hmm. um but there were lots of other questions yeah, as well about our careers questions. about our yeah. dreams about of course. what animal will be president i was thinking that one just now <laughs> <laughs> our values as well like yeah. to, you know to determine because for me the moment we started connecting and talking and and really talking more i was very clear that there's something here. Mm-hmm. There is something of substance here for me. So when I was asking questions, I was asking questions with with a subtle intention, at least a subtle if not a gross intention of where could this take me? Mm-hmm. Where could this take us? What does it actually I mean? I wasn't worried or thinking about the how because that would be too overwhelming and that right. wouldn't make any sense. But it was a fine balance of not being attached to an outcome being really rooted in the present, not having these expectations and projecting those expectations on, hey, this is what I'd I'd like to happen or this is where I think we could go or should go or whatever that looks like, but really being grounded and honouring the feelings that were arising as well because that doesn't happen with everybody. 
Mm. And it doesn't, you, you can ask deep questions of certain people, but the connection that we were cultivating and building, for me, that was just unique and special. And I, I, I felt there was something there of substance immediately. And, and that, that's not unique to us, everybody listening. We're going to talk about, and this is why we're so passionate about teaching about this eventually together, is that was possible because of the level of deep work each of us has done in our yeah. own life. That wasn't just, because I think that there's this fantasy that people buy into that you just meet that one special person and, and that's what makes the depth possible. And that's not true. Like one, you often don't meet that person, right? If you haven't done the inner work and we're not saying you can't be in a relationship if you, if you haven't done work, we're not saying that at all, but to have the kind of depth and connection and familiarity that we had, we had to get to a level of feeling comfortable inside for ourselves. Us, for, our yes, path, for our for path, our, for our and journey. And we're not yeah. walking on water. We're not there. Definitely we're not, not saying we're enlightened in any way, shape or form. Um, but we've been willing to not suppress the pain. Yeah. You know, like we, what, our first conversation, I was on my way back from somatic healers yeah. after doing, you know, a really powerful session. And I've been doing this work for almost two decades. So it was that it wasn't just this magical fluke thing that we finally saw each other and mm. boom, it was like yeah. fireworks went off. It was the inner work that created the space so we could really recognize each other. Mm. And then I felt like I finally had someone that I could talk about all the deep things I was processing inside myself. It's like I didn't have to keep them in my own head anymore. Mm. I felt met in our communication, mm. like really met and really well matched. Mm. And I don't like to use the word should, but I feel like that's what it should be in relationship is you want to feel met and you want it to feel easy. And that's how it's been for us. I mean, it was hard. The distance thing was hard. Communicating over WhatsApp was hard because we we only saw some frustrating sometimes. Yeah, the time was. difference too. It was the really time difference was tough. And persistence played a played a part. Yeah, especially on your part because I pulled away at certain at certain point and was questioning it and the distance thing and just getting in my head about it. But you persisted and really held. And then I invited you to Greece because we knew we were going to meet in Estonia yeah. and I had this trip to Greece planned. And we were just chatting one night over WhatsApp video and you were just looking super cute and you're half Greek. And <laughs> I just asked, I don't even know how I asked you. How did I ask you? You we were talking about high vibe and the relevance there. And it was a bit of a segue into, into the asking. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a segue? Was I strategic yeah. about it? Slightly. Oh, was I? <laughs> oh, I don't even remember. <laughs> anyway, well, I was probably nervous. I'm sure I was nervous about asking you. Yeah, I think you were a little bit. <laughs> I was nervous a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah, of but, course. Well, of course, yeah. But you said yes. Full yes. Full yes. And then July 7th, we meet in Greece after talking on WhatsApp for two months. That was beautiful. Yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yesterday is shorter than yeah. three months ago. Yeah. Two months ago. So when I was, when people would ask me what I wanted in a relationship, I would say, I'm, I'm just going to know, you know, they'd be like, what are you looking for? And I had values and things like that. And we'll talk about lists and calling partners in and everything. But really what I was looking for was a feeling. And I wanted to feel like I was home. I wanted it to feel like home, like just safe and loving and a place where I could feel be fully familiarity. 
Yeah. And, and really a place where I can be fully me because when I'm at home, I feel uninhibited. I feel self-expressed. I feel like I can just be in the fullness of mm. who I am and I can be relaxed and silly and messy and whatever. Like it's just, it's that kind of sense of freedom. So not only a sense of safety because I feel safe inside myself, but really that like freedom to, to be totally me. And in relationship, I think, especially when we meet someone for the first time or we're new, sometimes we don't show certain parts of ourselves. We mm. keep things hidden. We're on our best behavior. And I don't think that's a great way to date. I don't think that's conscious courting, which we're going to talk about in a second. Mm. And I made a commitment to myself that no more pretending, like no more pretending. I'm going to obviously not be a total jerk, but I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to be me. I'm not going to be on quote unquote my best behavior because I don't think that, I think that's inauthentic. And so when I met you for the first time, it felt like home. That's mm. what it felt like. It didn't feel, yeah, it was exciting. I was a little nervous. But once you, once we met, we met at the hotel I was staying at, you got to the hotel, gave me a hug and a kiss. And I was so glad you were a good kisser and you smelled good. <laughs> So relieved <laughs> because picture you guys, we've been talking over WhatsApp for two months and we had no idea like physically how it would be. Mm. What was that like for you? Home. I knew mm-hmm. when I hugged you, I knew, I knew, I knew when we were speaking, <laughs> but I really knew when I, when I touched you, when I held you, when I smelled you, when mm-hmm. I had you close to me. I just knew and it felt like home. It was that familiarity. It's it's one thing to to feel safe and feel familiar and, and stable and self-expressed within self, and that's a massive part of one's own journey. Mm-hmm. But then to be able to feel that with other people, especially in a very specific way, that's that's for me that's something special, yeah. something really beautiful. And yeah. to feel that with you and to have that, it, that was reciprocated. What you expressed then was reciprocal yeah. for me. It was it was felt for me as well. And I mean, we we went from communicating via a digital device being 10,000 miles away from each other mm. to living in, I mean, it was a, it was a decent-sized hotel room, yeah. but it was a small hotel room. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was an amazing hotel with a 180-degree view of, of Mykonos. Mykonos. It was pretty good. It was amazing, <laughs> it was but it, it's, it's still a small hotel. So we went yeah. from that to living, and we've, we haven't really been apart no. since then, maybe a few nights, just yeah. in transit, you know, for, because I had to visit my family. So or I, I wanted to visit, I needed to visit and wanted mm-hmm. to visit my family. So we've gone from that. And that's, and that for me, that's the home. Right. And, and there's, there's comfort in that. Mm-hmm. And there's just a, a settling in that. Mm-hmm. And again, that comes from two people coming together that and I see this in you and, and I know this in me because I, I know my own personal journey is coming from a place of embodied wholeness. Yes. It doesn't mean there's I'm whole and that's the end of my road and I'm enlightened right. and I'm a guru now. It means that I have this sense of wholeness and I know myself well enough that when I'm in relationship, I choose not to lose myself in relationship. So let's, okay, oh gosh, so many things to talk about. <laughs> and we're going to do more shows together, everybody, and we're open to doing topics that you want to hear about. But this whole incomplete thing, because one of the things that I'm committed to busting and we're committed to busting together is a lot of, I think, the misleading dating advice that's out there. And I've even been one to give it. So this notion of you have to be whole and complete before you call in your soulmate, your match, whatever. Well, one, that's 
what does whole and complete mean? Mm-hmm. Like we are whole and complete. That's evolving. our essence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're born whole and complete. Yeah. There's nothing ever wrong with us. It's just a matter of where you're attracting from. I've often said when people ask me, what's your type? I'd say whatever my issue I was working through at the time, that was my type. Mm-hmm. So if I was working through stuff that I had with my mom, I was dating men like that. If I was working through stuff with my dad, it was like that. If I was working through – and everybody, mom and dad, when you're listening to this, don't take offense. Everybody has stuff with their parents. Like it's human. And when I was working through whatever I was working through, that's what I was drawing in. You know, if I if I was going through a time in my life where I had low self-worth, guess what? Drew in people with lower self-worth. So we attract a lot on where we are or what we're working out inside ourselves. And avid listeners of the show know that when people call call in and I coach them on relationship stuff and they're wondering why they're having a problem with their husband or their wife or their partner, we can trace it back to some kind of childhood thing. So it's helpful to do the internal work, to work through a lot of your past issues, your past traumas, so that you're attracting from a place of, what would you say, attracting from a place of? So I can, I can debunk this in a okay, sim- what I think do. is a simple way. While I drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's quite simple with respect to this, this matter of wholeness and being complete or incomplete. If we are expecting others to fulfill us, and make yeah. us happy. And if we are externalizing. Or give us something we didn't get from our parents or correct. whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, or externalizing our self-worth. So we are reliant on others to justify, validate, and gauge our level of self-worth. And we, we're doing that excessively and incessantly. That's not being complete or whole. Right. It doesn't mean that if you're not doing that, you're whole. It just means you're more grounded in self. So right. the decisions that one makes is clearer, is more definitive, is value-laden, is purposeful, is for me what I call discerning and vertical, right. especially for men. So we, I don't, that term vertical, people don't know what that means. So yeah, It's another word for stable or upright. Stable. You know, okay. if, if you're upright in posture, you look at someone that's upright in posture and they're vertical in their expression, they're upright in their expression, you know the certainty there. Right. Verticality is another term for certainty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, this I love what you said because that is what it is. It's if you're looking for someone outside of you to make you feel better about yourself, about your life, to give you the validation that your parents didn't, to stay if a parent left, to what whatever, you're that's what you're going to be calling in and that's what you're going to be attracting. That feeling and this is how the experience was for me. I felt I really loved my life and I really Mm. loved myself and I wasn't looking for anybody to fill a void or to make me feel a certain way. I really was longing to share my life with someone. Mm. You know, I went through a time where I was really happy being single and I really wasn't looking. Um, But that time was over like three years ago. (laughs) Like I really was clear. I wanted a partner and I get advice like, oh, well, let it go. Don't be attached. And that didn't feel right to me because I I thought if I've let it go completely, how do I keep broadcasting to the universe and how do I keep my energy and my focus? If I let it go completely, I'm just going to focus too much on work and not make space for it. And Mm -hmm. I want to be intentional about it. So what worked for me is to let go of the suffering around it, to let go of, to have the longing, but let go of any judgments of I'm doing something wrong and that's why he's not here, to let go of any of the 
the the pain around, oh, wow, I'm having this amazing experience and I wish I had someone to share it with, you know, to still have, oh, wow, this is an amazing experience. And I'm so looking forward to another amazing experience. I'm going to be able to share with a partner. So it's having the longing, but not having the suffering around it. Because don't you think it's important to, to allow ourselves to have the longing if a relationship is something we want? Absolutely. I don't know if longing is the right word. I think it, I think yeah, it could be, and it just depends what resonates for for yeah. people. But whether it's it's the longing or whether the, it's the awareness of having that, like, it felt like a true desire, not just an yeah, awareness. And there's nothing wrong like, with desire. Like I crave chocolate, you know, like it felt like that. D- desire leads to action. Yeah. Like if we, but if we're attached to our desires, where if they don't transpire, we become blubbering messes and yeah. we become dysfunctional and non-functioning, that's that's an issue for well, our yeah. humanity. Yeah. That's a problem. That's the key. But, desire, the but desire is so important. Otherwise, how do you set an intention? How do you act? Mm-hmm. And I, I really I learned that and it changed the way I perceive myself and the way I perceive the world and relationships. And I, I allowed myself to say, hey, it's okay to want to be in a relationship. It doesn't mean that I need someone to be mm-hmm. to be functioning but we are relational beings. Like we, that's how we, we grow. That's how we evolve. Like I knew I reached a point in my life where I'd done such deep work that, and we've spoken about this. It was a rev- it was a recent revelation, I suppose, yeah. that I knew that if I wanted to accelerate rapidly my growth, and I believe, we believe that growth is a, a major part of being human. Yeah. It's like, it's, that's it. That's what it means to be human is mm-hmm. to grow. I needed to be with in an in intimate sacred union in, yeah. in, with a beloved or disappear in my mind disappear to the mountains and become a, a sage and a hermit and and learn eastern mysticism in that way perhaps or be struck by bolts of lightning and right. and and have this this enlightened state blast upon me or just keep moving you through life i've been struck by bolts of lightning it's I just have. me <laughs> <laughs> i have or or just or move through life but not really Growing the way that I know I could, yeah. Especially in in this in what we call sacred union, and yeah. what we call this this beautiful thing that we have. And we're gonna do a another podcast on what sacred union is. Mm. It's not this woo woo spiritual thing. We're gonna we're gonna break it down, mm. and it's something we're still learning about and exploring. So we're gonna we're gonna share our experience as learning. we go. Um, one more thing about the the really calling it in. It's also letting go of the attachment to the timing. Mm, and the form, one. right? Mm. So if I, when I got divorced nine years ago, if someone told me, oh, nine years, almost a decade later, you'll have another relationship, I would have been like, shit, I'm not getting divorced then. I'll yeah. just like make this work. Um, but that's why we we don't, you know, have that crystal ball because we need to go on these journeys. And this mm. is, you know, I'm working on my next book, everybody, news alert, my fourth book that I've had in my mind forever. It's and even I just on paper a little bit. Yeah, too, it's even huh? on paper. I've started it. <laughs> and um I just my resistance to writing, I couldn't figure out what my resistance was. And I'm not gonna say the title, but it's really good. And now I know why I couldn't start writing it until, you know, this actually showed up because there was a whole another kind of level of learning and download that came through in in hindsight. And so especially for single people and especially single women, because the book is gonna be for single women, I so feel you. Because there's also a a shift going on right now 
a lot of people say it's like the rise of the feminine and the rise of women and more women are doing consciousness work. And we talked a little bit about this on the last episode mm. and where are the conscious men and a lot of women not feeling met and mm. also feeling like successful in their business, but not successful in relationship and, and all of that. So it's a, it's a big uh, pain point out there for people. And I think it's also where people are getting a lot of misinformation. So on the next episode that Steph and I are going to do together, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the misleading information about masculine and feminine dynamics. Mm. Because one of the most frustrating things I heard as a woman is, well, because you're a successful businesswoman, you probably aren't going to attract a masculine man or you're too busy and you need to like make space or like you're, you're too much of a CEO. It was just like all this stuff about telling me I'm too much of a man when I didn't feel like I was being a man. Slandering who yeah, you are. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I was doing that at all. So a big part of, I think also calling someone in and calling your match is letting go of a lot of the advice and the rules and the conditioning around dating. It's interesting. It's a very interesting topic. And for, and again, just a note here and be very brief for men, it's, uh, PUA, they call it PUA, pickup artistry. Mm-hmm. And it teaches men, and there's a, a massive movement in this, it teaches men how to quote unquote get the woman. Right. Uh, and honestly, it's it's so misleading. Yeah. And it's so disconnected. And I've done a few videos on this as well. And I'm excited to speak to that. Yeah. Actually. Well, and, and again, we're just teasing the next topic. <laughs> I, but I do want to say, some of that's helpful for men getting confidence. Absolutely. Because, you yeah. know, I think there are some yeah. things that are helpful. A um, very rudimentary beginning mm-hmm. stage around that. It, it it helps men connect to themselves a little bit more right. in terms of understanding who they are. Yes. But yes. at a very superficial level. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's go unsuperficial <laughs> and <laughs> and talk a bit about what we both internally did to get to the place where we really felt whole and complete, like we weren't looking for someone else. You go first. Yeah. For me, my my journey has been really one around self-worth and and digging into digging into the shadow part of self or those undesirable, perceived to be ugly parts of self, really digging into my childhood digging into my pain and trauma of the past that I'd mm-hmm. suppressed for so long as a very wise coping strategy at the time mm-hmm. in order to survive, literally. But it really no longer served me as an adult. So I was very despondent and disconnected as an adult in my relationships and as a man, very frustrated internally and I expressed that overtly in my relationships and just in the world. Um, hyper-masculine behaviour. So mm-hmm. some some people will call it toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. It's just hyper-masculine behavior. So can you give some specific examples? Yeah. So it was very aggressive, um, very controlling of self, very domineering, not not so much of, of women that I was with, mm-hmm. but more of my own internal thoughts. I was very hard on myself, very harsh. My internal speak was nasty. Mm-hmm. My tonality was – and, and it, sometimes it still rears its ugly head. As you, as you know, I'll yes. say something out loud about myself that, and it's really habit. It's really habit and checking myself uh, in that space and having you as a mirror to very gently and very 
compassionately, which is a beautiful thing, and I'm sure we'll get to that at some point, mirror that back to me and help me really change my behavior and my my unconscious conscious behavior and my even my neuronal patterning around that has been a tremendous gift to me. So what I speak to the value of being in sacred union. Yeah. We can't see everything about ourselves. Right. Right. We can't we can't even feel everything about ourselves. Well and we can't really clearly see another when we're too blinded by our own shit. Yeah. Right. So because yeah. often we're projecting things mm. on others. Mm. I can see you with a lot less judgment because in the clearing work that I've done inside myself, I'm a lot less judgmental of myself. Mm. And I think, you know, yes, we're, we're very much in love. And a lot of people are like, Oh, you guys are so googly. And, and, and you're in the honeymoon phase. And we'll talk about that because it hasn't all been a honeymoon in terms of things we've had to navigate. However, what I'm experiencing, and you can speak for yourself on this is because again, like, the level of self-love I arrived at, it's so much easier to share in the loving with another. I remember at USM where I got my spiritual psychology degree, one of the things that Ron and Mary, the teachers there always talked about is, you know, we are love. Like that's our essence. You know, a, we don't go ooh around a baby because the baby's loving us back. You know, babies are just there, right? It's because we're accessing the loving and we're in the loving. And it's so much easier to be in the loving Mm. with another person when all the the walls we have around our own heart because of the hurts have been removed. And you had some pretty, pretty big hurts in your life. Yeah. And, and I want to be very clear. I don't think, you know, you or I are much different from many of the others that have experienced so much pain and hurt. And we experience pain and we experience joy and we all share that together. And that's, that's a beautiful experience to have. Right. For me, I grew up in, in a, an environment that was volatile. It was physically violent. It was emotionally violent and abusive. And it was, it was a difficult time. I had to grow up very quickly. Mm-hmm. And there are many gifts that have transpired from that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I did was I suppressed a lot of that and I brought that into my adult relationships. And as a result, I, I didn't address those childhood fears yeah. and the pain points that I experienced and they were really rearing their ugly head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't embracing it and I wasn't accepting it and I was denying myself of the value of that, the, 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 the gifts that they could bring if I just looked at them. So in a relationship a few years ago that unraveled and I was unfaithful in that relationship and I was – very disconnected and very dishonest in that relationship with myself and with her. And it was a, it was a pivot point in my life. It was, I had a choice to continue being unconscious and blind and Mm -hmm. really having a stop start life. Like my life was volatile as well. Like, and now I look back at it and I can see that my life was volatile. I was comfortable with volatility. So I was repeating that in Mm -hmm. my life in various ways. And, and I made a decision to say no more. No, I didn't want to be that person anymore. I'd hurt too many people. Including yourself. Including myself. Yeah, deeply hurt myself. Had so many questions with no answers. Yeah. So I went on a path to really dive deep at any cost. And I have a a slightly extreme personality, slightly is probably (laughs) an understatement. But I I have. You say that, but I feel like they're very. Not not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But I was very committed. When it comes to. Coconut bliss ice cream. That's different. And peanut butter. <laughs> and peanut butter. You do have an experience with peanut butter. 
And so I made a commitment. It was a very strong, solid, clear commitment to at any, no matter what, to really tread this path. And I started unpacking and unraveling and that was very painful. I had multiple ego deaths. I felt- What's an ego death? What's an ego death? The delayering of self, of my own personality, who I thought I was, how I thought I was meant to but behave what did in the world. you do? Like did you have to scream and cry? Did you have to go to therapists? Like give people the- I went and seen healers, I went and seen therapists, I went and seen counsellors, I went and seen psychologists. I did my own deep inner work. I meditated daily. I spent time in nature. I trained a lot. I mean, I always train, I always move my body, but I move my body with a different intention, was to clear, to gain, to gain context, to gain clarity in self, to provide my body with healing and, and some healthy hormones so that I could just be resilient enough to live another day, to last mm-hmm. another day, because I had suicidal thoughts. It was very, very challenging because that ego death was everything that I thought I was was no longer my reality, it was no longer who I was, who I, I wanted to be. And I didn't know who 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 am I to be if I'm not to be this person that behaves in this way anymore because this is what defines me. Right. So I had to completely redefine myself. And I spent hours and hours every day for months and months. Mm-hmm. And still to this day I'm still unpacking me, right. but in a very different way to three, four years ago, very different, of course. And you had to, because I think a lot of men, it's harder to go into the feelings. You had to go and you can just meditate your way through it or or train your, work out your way through it. It was was really expressing. So I've I've been very blessed that I've, in certain, I, I have familiarity with expressing emotion, just not in the way that my body needed to express it in order to heal and, and, and be, and feel safe. Right. So I had to learn how to re-express and be vulnerable to myself and expose myself to feelings and emotions that I've never experienced before. Mm. And that was, again, uh, blissfully and painfully painful. Mm. Uh, Blissfully because it was liberating because as I moved through it, I went to some very dark, dark places that no human being should go. But if they go there and come out of that, and move through it and gain something, it's really powerful and that's what I experienced. And it really cleared me up and allowed me to make decisions. I was so indecisive before about life. Mm. You know? Some areas I'd be decisive most of the time I was undecisive. You can have volatility again. Yep. So I became just more stable to myself. Like I'd make a decision and I'd be comfortable with it no matter what the outcome was. Well, and I think this is important too because it will shed light on being unfaithful because you've talked to me about that a lot. And I think that that's something that's a big fear for a lot of people, especially women. And it's also one of the things that is a limiting belief that I see a lot of women buy into is all men cheat. They can't be faithful. But for you, do you mind sharing a little bit about what, why you did it? Like what you were feeling and like why you did it? So for me, it wasn't just to be with multiple women. It was something that was driving that. And for me, it was having observed a very unhealthy, toxic relationship with my parents, my primary caregivers. And to be honest, there were one or two couples that I'd observed growing up that had somewhat of a healthy relationship, but most of them through my friends and through my peers and family, there weren't healthy marriages. Mm -hmm. And I had this yearning as as a child to be in intimate partnership, to be. Uh, I suppose Disney contributed to that. And we've spoken about this. It was, you know, it's, so realistic. Yeah. So, but but yeah, and, and this is interesting because it, that's very unrealistic. And then I had this this polarized, so this contrast of Disney, which is very unrealistic, and then this contrast of such an unhealthy, yeah, primary caregiver relationship. My parents were just so disgusting to each other. Yeah. So unhealthy to each other. Really painful. Painfully unhealthy. And I experienced this and I made this association that 
if this is what marriage is like, I do not want to be married. And my friends would be speaking about marriage at an early age. Oh, I'd like to get married by my mid-20s or early 30s. And I was looking at them thinking, what are you talking about? Why are you even speaking about this? There's this anxiety around that, around around fear around freedom and fear around commitment and what that symbolized mm-hmm. and what I thought it symbolized at that time. So for me, instead of distracting myself with alcohol or drugs or work, which I would do a lot with work and training and exercise and exerting. So I would make myself so tired that I wouldn't think about these mm-hmm. painful experiences or the confusion to dwell in my mind or that, or I'd be with other women to literally feel like I wasn't being annihilated right. and being suffocated. And then the, so it was like a release. In a it was a release. Yeah. yeah. And so then this cycle of guilt and shame would come in and yeah. it was just, it would be perpetual. So it wasn't until I really addressed all of that. And that, and I remember the moment that it left my body, this, this fear of, of freedom and commitment literally just left me. And I was, from that point, I was a very different person. And yeah. now it's more like, you know, hashtag freedom and commitment. Yeah. As opposed to if you're in a relationship, you're not free. Not at all. Like I've never felt freer in my life. Mm. And I have complete clarity that this day and every day that I wake up, I, I choose to be with you. And I choose to be in your life and I choose for you to be in my life. Yeah. And I have such freedom in that. This, I, I feel such liberation. I can't mm-hmm. express what, it, what it, I, words cannot explain what that actually feels like and yeah. means to me. Oh, it feels, it feels amazing because I have the same value. I want freedom too. Sometimes people think women don't value it as much. We value it in different ways. And mm. you shared about the being unfaithful in the last podcast. And I got a couple of questions from people. Aren't you worried? Aren't you scared? And there's a couple of reasons I'm not. Number one, I feel your commitment and I feel you've worked completely through it. Like it's not an issue. Like, it's like it'd be like you saying you're scared. My depression's going to come back all of a sudden. Like, you know, and my audience knows I was medicated for depression for like from 11 till 30 and that could be a concern, right? And it's oh, not no. because you feel that I've – it's done. It's complete in, in, yeah. inside of me. And so with Steph, I feel that that's complete inside of him. And then also I know myself. I know my intuition. And I also know I'm not going to call that in. Mm. You know, if back – back, listen, I've had – I've cheated. I've had people cheat on me. And it was back when I had – when I was still really working through issues of self-worth and still working through issues of trust and not trusting myself and all those types of things. So not only do I feel your clarity, but I feel my clarity about where I am and what I would call in in my life. So, but hearing you talk about that experience, it's made me understand men even better. It's helped me serve men even better. And I also think that it it takes some of the shame off. Cause I think a lot of times when people are unfaithful, then they start to doubt if they can ever not be unfaithful. Mm. Yeah, it's very true. I made a, I made a very strong commitment to myself that when we, when we began our communication, that I would be completely honest with you. Yeah. And that if you couldn't meet me in my honesty, then you're not for me and I'm not for you. Right. And I was very clear on that as well. And that, that shame and that guilt, the guilt around that, if I were to continue to live that, then you probably or, or I would find it difficult for anyone to meet me at that. And, and sometimes it comes up a little bit in terms of the guilt that I feel around that, but it's not even so much guilt. It's more the empathy and the compassion that I feel, like the, deep, the deep emotions that are 
connected to those states, that person that I used to be. And it's a, it's a beautiful reminder of, wow, like I'm so grateful that I've transcended that aspect of myself, that I've moved through that. And now I really know, I mean, the lessons were in multitudes, but one of them was that the way I hurt someone and how I hurt myself by ignoring my own truth, I never have to do that again yeah. because I have now that clarity and that confidence and I've healed those wounds around that. And that's a, that's a massive relief in and of itself as well. And that's why we're so passionate about this work and why I do this podcast and why I have the mastery course and why you have your courses is because we feel like we're not just talking about our relationship. We're talking about inside of us. Like we feel like we've eaten at this really great restaurant and we want to share it with everybody because yeah. we've both been in that place where we've been suffering with so many of the things that all of you are suffering with. And there it is, I truly believe, especially if you're listening to this podcast, it is possible to heal anything and to get to the other side of anything. Like what's happened to you in your past, any kind of trauma, your story, all of those things, it is possible to get to the other side. It's possible to have a completely different relationship than your parents did. Mm. It, it's possible to heal from, if you're going through a heartbreak right now, oh my gosh, there's been so many times I thought I lost the love of my life yeah. and it wasn't true. No, and you can heal from that. And it's just, it's just knowing that. The, you know, the release that I've felt in the last few years yeah. has been tremendous. And that release, you know, particularly I'll speak very openly to every, everyone, of course, but particularly to men, because the body stores that release as, as deep tension and the mind stores it as frustration, agitation, a heavy load, a heavy weight on the self. And to feel that release and to feel that freedom is so, so inspiring and so liberating where we can just we feel literally like I felt that like I can just move through anything now mm. because of that because mm. of experiencing that release because I made the choices to just confront and be very mindful and and face every aspect of myself that I possibly could mm. that included the the great that included the the painful that included the fears that included it all yeah and even even the greatness, sometimes we don't want to look at our greatness. We don't want to look at how amazing yeah. we actually are. Yeah. Well, and I just realized I've been going on for an hour, which is crazy. <laughs> so I'll have to start wrapping this up. But what I was going to say in terms of what I did and, and people listening, you kind of have followed my work, but really what, what I did to, to call this kind of relationship in was I surrendered. Mm. I really surrendered not just to oh, the universe is going to take care of it. But I surrendered to being willing to face my deepest level of pain. So I've shared publicly that 2017 was one of the hardest years I've ever had. Um, and it wasn't like anything external, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, the moving out of my house and everything that was hard, but my life was pretty great externally. And it was like another level of some internal things, some internal shame, some issues I needed to go deeper on, some things from my past I hadn't quite cleaned up all the way. Like I had done like a good dust, but I really needed to get under there with a vacuum. <laughs> and and that was what I surrendered to. And that that's how I would describe the ego death I had before. And I've had multiple ones as well. And and PS, we need egos. Egos aren't a bad thing. We're not giving really? ego back. But we're Very we're healthy. talking about certain ways we've guarded ourselves and protecting ourselves, certain coping strategies, mm. certain things we've kept suppress certain masks that we've worn. And one of the masks that I wore for a long time is 
I got it all figured out and I'm, I'm good. I can take care of myself. And that's, that's not really great energy to be in. If you want to call it a relationship is this per- persona of, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. So that, that was the big thing for me was really surrendering to letting myself go even deeper into my pain, not for the purpose of wanting to feel pain, but for the purpose of getting even more clear. And I think a lot of times we, we avoid pain thinking that, um, we can, we can just positive think our way out of things, Mm. but it's actually, it's there. So we might as well go into it and feel it. Come short lived. Doesn't last forever. Doesn't last forever. Our pain is temporal and we feel that when we're in it, that it's going to last forever and we're not going to escape it and that Mm. our life is completely doomed. And that is one of the major reasons that I avoided going into my pain. I'd go into it, but it would only be superficially. Mm. It wouldn't be at depth, the depth that I needed to, to gain the wisdom and the value and extract that and extract that teaching and growth from those experiences. But when I made that commitment to do so, for me, life changed massively. Like life became very, very different. I, I saw life with new eyes, fresh eyes. It was a very beautiful, colourful, vibrant, freeing, liberating experience. Mm. To start to wrap things up, since what we really wanted to communicate today was we'll share our story and also what we did, because that's one of the most the biggest questions I've I've gotten. Mm. And and something that I am writing my next book about. It really was doing our own work. Yeah. That really was it. Yeah. That really was it. I mean, you made a list. I got to see your list. <laughs> I've made lists, but I really focus more on the feelings. And there are there are other things maybe, but Honestly, you know, you can feng shui your house and do, you know, 20 dates in a month or whatever. There's all these kind of like dating advice and, and that's all helpful, I believe, to a certain degree. But for the, yeah, yeah, but for the kind of relationship I think we both wanted mm-hmm. of clearing clean and not bringing in a lot of baggage to it. We had to go deep within ourselves. Yeah. And yeah, that's something that I admire so deeply about you, darling, is the way you do that and the way you have done that. And the way that we continue to do that, and I know we spoke before this podcast, we were going to speak to conscious courting and we were. conscious communication. And then we just got but sidetracked. That's another one, maybe for another time. Yes, another one for be another beautiful. time. Yes. Okay. So we'll we'll talk more about conscious courting, conscious communication. It plays a big part too. Plays in a how we super big connected, part. Yeah. How, how we show up to each other today, and how we navigated some of the some the, of bumps, the turbulence, the turbulence <laughs> along turbulence. the way. There was quite a lot of turbulence, and yeah. you know, keep in mind we haven't been apart for you know, since we met living together. Mm. <laughs> so it was from zero to 100 pretty quickly. Mm. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. And it w- and we couldn't have done it without the communication. And I was just on a mastermind call with um, people earlier today and they were talking about difficulties in their personal relationships and it all comes down to communication. So, so we will definitely do another yeah. podcast on, on conscious courting and communication. And if you listeners have questions for us, you know how to find me on Instagram is the best place to send me a question or assist at christinehasser.com. What's the best place for people to reach you? Uh, Instagram handle is Stephsafandos. Facebook is Stephsafandos. Website is Stephsafandos.com. <laughs> I see a or, theme. Yeah, Steph at Stephsafandos.com. S-T-E-F-S-I-F-A-N-D-O-S. Yeah. Yeah, because not everybody can pronounce your name. <laughs> <laughs> and Steph also is a brilliant coach and teacher. He has a men's program called Reclaim Your Kingdom, and he also 
is, is a great coach for women wanting to call in a relationship or anyone wanting to go deeper in their own relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you feel like your relationship is, has lost its spark or the communication isn't there, um, I would highly recommend him. <laughs> and I, I can give a big endorsement because how you show up for just a quick story before we sign off. So we just moved into our new place and I can be a bit of a warrior at times. It's something that I have a better handle on. But once my mind, my mind's like a dog with a bone. And often when I get a thought in my head, it's just like until that bone is like eaten down to the core, it just doesn't stop. So all my stuff was in storage for eight months and we're lying in bed. Steph's like super asleep because yeah, we hired movers, but he was working all day long, helping me not be overwhelmed, lifting boxes, asking me what I wanted, encouraging me to throw things away. And this? And this, and, and this. this, it was like every minute, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? <laughs> and at 1 a.m., I'm freaking out that we have bed bugs because I start to feel itchy. Granted, I've been in dust all day and I'm, I'm thinking all oh, my stuff's in storage. Oh my God, there's bed bugs. I don't want to wake him up. So I get on Google and I'm researching, can you get bed bugs in storage units? The answer is yes. And then I sit there and stare at him. <laughs> He's going to wake up and he doesn't. So finally I'm like poking him. I'm like, I can't sleep. And I told him what I was worried about and he didn't shame me. He didn't shame me at all. You were incredibly patient. You get out of bed, you turn on the lights, we start checking the mattresses, you start educating me on bed bugs, we check everything and you did anything you needed to do to make me feel like I was safe and to make me feel like I didn't need to worry about the bed bugs. It's because I'm a queen. <laughs> but that's that's the way you show up and knowing your background and knowing that you came from a very volatile, you had a volatile father and you came from a volatile background where reactions were volatile mama. Volatile well. mama, yeah. <laughs> and and you were that way, right? Yeah. That you could yeah. go from zero to one hundred pretty very quickly. Quick. Yeah. Yeah. Ask any of my friends. The fact that I can wake you up at one in the morning with a crazy bed bug paranoia and you you show up and you stay calm, that just to me. It's these little things that demonstrate the work is embodied and integrated. You know, it's one thing to get up and speak about these things, but it's another thing to live it. And that to me is an example of you living it and embodying all the transformation and the healing that you've done. So thank you. Thank you for the work that you've done. Thank you for being in my life. All right, everybody, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and feel more hopeful wherever you are in your life, particularly your love life. If we can help you really call in the love that you want, Steph and I both talked about the deep work that we've done. I want to tell you the best ways that we can do that. So the best way to work with me, if you're a woman, and I work with men too, but the specific thing I'm going to be talking about is for women, is to come to my spring retreat. It is my signature retreat. It is the most powerful work I do with people in a short amount of time, go to christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat or email jill at christinehassler.com. You can also ask Jill about coaching with me or one of our other coaches. Steph is also an extraordinary coach and guide. He works with men, but he also works with women and he's really good with female clients who want to heal any wounds they have around the masculine or men and really want to call in a masculine man. So 
If you want to learn more about him, you can actually just reach out to him directly, Steph at StephSafandos.com or go to his website. And it's, I know it's a hard name to spell, so I'll spell it S-T-E-F and then Safandos, S-I-F-A-N-D-O-S. Before I sign off, I also want to thank another sponsor. So when it comes to technology, the difference between consumer grade and business class PCs is really important. And for many, especially all you freelancers out there, the upgrade is worthwhile. So here's the difference. First of all, performance. Many modern consumer grade processors and mobile operating systems prioritize battery life over processing power. Business class PCs offer both better performance and longer battery life, allowing you to work faster and longer while on the road. And support. Every HP Elite PC comes with HP Elite Premium Support, providing 24-7, around-the-clock, dedicated service from U.S.-based specialists who are dedicated solely to supporting HP Elite products. Software and security. Business class devices help their users take advantage of their advanced features with free bundled software that is not available on consumer-grade PCs and designed to create images that really have the impact you want. If you're a graphic designer, you need a fancy laptop. You need a laptop with high computing power that can have multiple functions. And finally, reliability. HP Elite PCs are designed to pass all kinds of testing to make sure they really stand the test of time. To get an extra 10% on select 8th generation Intel-powered HP PCs, go to hp.com slash over it. And if you like my show, you might like House of Kim with Kim Zoliak Bierman. Kim has done it all from motherhood to music to the real housewives of Atlanta. Join Kim each week as she talks with husband Croy and her amazing family and friends. Listen to House of Kim each week exclusively on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. 